Hey guys, what's going on? This is Swervis Luna coming back at you. Um, so today will be our first transition into um, the blogs I've been writing into um, audio. So I want you to thank you for listening, um, and let's go ahead and get started. Love is love, come as you are. These statements are true, but have been taken out of context with different meanings. My case today is to drive us away from making everything neutral or politically correct. You should come as you are to Christ. God comes for the non-believers, comes for the weak, damage. Aren't we all damaged? Love is love. If we don't explain these terms, people can get confused. We can further damage what we believe and what we believe about the two characteristics of our Creator. Our Creator defines what love and morality are. Through the Bible, we can confirm and study what God has said. We are also guided by the Holy Spirit and many, many other things to keep us from making major mistakes in our morality. Unfortunately, we have made things neutral and have left some concepts of morality to interpretations. I could even add that we have made neutrality as a way to not condemn ourselves, but have we really asked, am I loving God? We have come to believe that God has created morality for our interpretation and it can be swayed whichever way we need be. Let me say this. Morality that comes from God can't be neutral. Perhaps we can assume different moral of the story from what we read, but we can't or shouldn't create freedom of morality by saying everyone interprets morality different, or by letting people believe love means not correcting others about their morality. One thing I do agree with is that we have free will to follow God's morality or not. God will not force you to love him. And he said to his disciples, Temptation to sins are sure to come, but woe to the one through whom they come. It would be better for him if a milestone were hung around his neck and he were cast into the sea, then he should cause one of these little ones to sin. Pay attention to yourselves. If your brother sins, rebuke him, and if he repents, forgive him. And if he sins against you seven times in the day and turns to you seven times saying, I repent, you must forgive him. We need to pay attention to the whole verse. It says we must watch ourselves not to cause people to sin. Then after that he tells us to correct and disapprove of bad behavior. Let's not forget that after we need to forgive the person for what they have done wrong. Just like Jesus did when performing miracles, he said to them, go and sin no more. He doesn't abolish the rules or change them in any way. He has the power to forgive. He tells us we should also forgive, but not abolish any type of morality. Do not think I have come to abolish the law or the prophet. I have come not to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, not an iota, not a dot will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of your scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Matthew 5.17 This scripture looks like a message of condemnation, and it is, but not towards non-believers. Jesus says this towards the Pharisees. They think that they are greater in the kingdom of heaven, and Jesus is saying no one can follow the commandments except himself. He will fulfill the law of the prophets, meaning the Old Testament. Jesus has fulfilled all the law, and at first glance he has made the commandments even harder. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5.48 So let's bring it all together. God knows we can't truly fulfill the law of the prophets. He's the only one that can. 
being perfect, as Judah Smith has put it, is one in one of his sermons means to be matured to the level you were meant to be. Something like that. I'm really paraphrasing. That connects with how we were designed to obtain knowledge. God's original design was that we would get wisdom through him, as read in Genesis. Our sin was wanting knowledge and understanding without God. If this doesn't make sense, you can read the blog, Sin is Not a Quest. So what's the point? The point is that morality is not thrown away. Sexual immorality is not suddenly correct if you want it to be and incorrect if you don't want it to be. It means that if you read the whole Bible, there is no way we can fulfill all the commandments. It doesn't mean we don't correct certain sin or just give up on fighting sin as a whole. Jesus has already been perfect and out of love for God we follow his commands. The instructions for morality are for our benefit and well-being. These are instructions on how to be strong and courageous and instructions on how to have relationship with our God. Instructions to be perfect. We follow morality and God's commands as genuine love and affection towards him. We are not saved by works but by grace. Love is love. Yes, God's love is love. Love doesn't mean we get to create our own morality of what God has already established. Remember that it's not all meant to be harsh, but we should rejoice. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. All this connects onto what Jesus' message was. Jesus was harsh to the Pharisees because they had made following God into what they wanted. They had become religious, corrupt, prideful, and tried to cut corners, not really producing good fruit, which was what God was really trying to accomplish. That's why we needed a Savior. Jesus has power, authority, and dominion, but He also loves us. Love doesn't mean what we have been conditioned to think. God's love is true love. As a right this you might disagree on what love is but what is love then is love sexual attraction is love caring for someone is love liking someone you tell me what love is the reason we have a concept of love is because of god what evolution causes us to love god is loving but as a parent he must correct what we do wrong jesus forgives sin and is loving but jesus came to cause a revolution to make people understand his love to keep his commands he made us understand to love him not because we have to love him now there are people who love god and people who hate god i'm here to tell you the good news god loves you and he cares for you the creator of the universe is here for us he has paid our debt that means our love towards him isn't up to interpretation but he already tells us how we love god by keeping his commands john 15 9 if we don't follow his commands or at least try we don't really love god but we love ourselves in our ways we also must sacrifice ourselves not because we want to be perfect but because we will further understand god's love for us you may ask yourself how do i know i'm loving god that is where the fruits of the spirit come in jesus tells us we will know who follows him by our fruits again perfection is a misconception of christianity it's a paradox we are perfect only through christ but must live by his morality, not ours. There are commands in the Old Testament we will never be able to keep, but he has done it all. What we can't control is what fruits we produce and whose morality we choose to abide by. Galatians 5.16 Keeping the steps with the Spirit But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. 
For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other, to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before, and those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in steps with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Hope this makes sense. Hope this can make a small impact to whoever is reading. Remember, accepting bad morality is in love. God has shown us He loves us, but is our love towards Him obvious? What is true morality? God's commands. All of them. Well, Jesus says to love Him with all your mind, body, and soul, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. I will start by the fruit of the Spirit, then the rest is revealed through His Word. Remember that God still has morals to follow in the New Testament. They are right from wrong, so let's keep on fighting the good fight. If you want to accept God as your Lord and Savior, pray this wherever you're reading. Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for saving me. I repent truly of all my sins. I accept you as the one and only God. As the only Savior and Creator of the universe, I give my heart to you. I love you. Amen. If you have prayed this prayer, make sure you get plugged into a Bible-believing church. Test all things as the Book of Thessalonians tells us. Keep seeking. Grow your faith through the Spirit and with the knowledge God has put before you. Love you guys.